Hey everybody, welcome back. We are at episode two with Memoirs and Some, the podcast. And yes, of course, the hostess with the mostest, your girl, Maya Dominique. We are back. So today, we are going to get a little deep. It's going to be a little serious, but it's going to be good. Like, it's not going to be school serious, but just more on a serious tip to kind of give some guidance and give some clarity on why I stand on some of the morals I stand on, how I feel the way I feel, why I do some of the things I do. Why why am I me? You know, what made me? You know, of course, I gave y'all like a synopsis of my life last week with um, just who is Maya Dominique. But this goes into a particular chapter in my life. Um, I was 15 and pregnant. And it was hard. You know, I didn't know emotionally what I was going to do, how I was going to do anything physically, financially, you know, a lot of factors played into me being pregnant at such a young age. And especially with no job, still in high school, and my child's father not really being that much more established than what I was. So that was a challenge in itself. But before we get into the deeper, deeper part of that, I do want to go by a card so you know each week we go over a card from the end and this week the question is what are my three biggest mistakes from this situation and what did I learn from them so of course um you make mistakes along the way but I will answer what those mistakes are at the end of the episode so I'll take you all back Um, I was 15 and pregnant. I found out I was pregnant at Hartgrove Hospital. So Hartgrove Hospital is a mental health hospital or a behavioral hospital um, for people who tend to need um, additional support, whether it's mental health, whether it's just counseling, whether it's mentorship, you know, they decide where you fit in that caliber after um, they do an intake process. So during the intake, um, your opinion as the child really doesn't matter. So I was 15 and I was still a minor. So what I said did not matter to them one way or another. My mom could go in there and tell them pretty much whatever she wanted to. And as the legal guardian of me, and being the adult making the adult decision she was able to say okay yes you know she needs to be here she needs to harm to herself and others well i was not doing anything to anyone harming anyone i was running away from home because i was being harmed so that was the challenge um and as a child you don't understand how deep abuse goes until you get older or until it's explained to you for that matter. So I was running away from home for a reason. It wasn't like I was running away because I was getting everything I wanted or because life was just peachy cream. I was running away because there were some challenges there and I needed help. I had a cry for help and nobody was coming to that cry. 
So, um, needless to say, I found that I was pregnant at the Behavior Hospital Heartgrove. And when I did find out I was pregnant, you know, I was already 12 weeks. So, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to make a decision. There's a cutoff time as to when you can get an abortion. And I, you know, I was close to that cutoff time. So, me being 15, no job, still in high school, kind of staying with my mama. Don't really know what my baby's father really can do. I know what he can tell me, but he don't have a job either. He's still in high school. So, it was a hard decision to make. It was a hard decision to make. But I was very strong on not getting an abortion. I was a reader. I read a lot. I was into, I had always been into women and children since I was a child. I used to play with dolls and be anything I wanted to be to a woman and child. If that was a nurse, if that was a doctor, if it was a teacher, I I never was just like the teacher in the child. It was always parent-teacher conference or it was always, um, the baby is in the doctor with at the doctor's office with the mom you know i never did the whole just you and the child or you and the mother mother independently so for whatever reason that's how i played as a kid i was very intellectual and i just that's how i was so i was a reader in high school i read a lot i did a lot of research and things that i wanted to know i wasn't afraid to look up something you know, I wasn't afraid to say, oh, okay, I don't know nothing about that. Cool. Let me go Google this or Wikipedia this before Wikipedia was uncredible. <laughs> so at any rate, um, I just knew I didn't want to have the effects that I had read about and seen that came with abortions. So I knew I didn't want to do that. But I also knew that I didn't know how I was going to take care of this baby. And get out of high school. Because that was another big factor. Getting out of high school, you know. I didn't want to be a statistic. But, hell, it looked like I was well on my way. That At least that's what I felt like. Sorry, y'all. I had me a little drink, drink. I got me a little sun, sun. But anyway. Um, so, I did. I was a little, you know, kind of unsure. But I was sure enough that abortion wasn't the option. So I made the decision that I wasn't going to get an abortion. And so my mom was like, well, of course, you know, who's the child's father? And I knew who my child's father was. And we co-parent very well. That's my boy. We do. Um, so it, it was just like, okay, I'm not going to get an abortion, but what am I going to do? So fin finishing high school was not even in a question. That fit in no matter what the path I was going to take. So after um, explaining to, you know, certain family members that I was pregnant, my mom was a prayer. She didn't tell anybody anything. Like when things went on with her or me or my brother, she prayed. She was a prayer. And so she let God lead her on who it was that she wanted to tell. So... I was a grandparent's baby. I say grandparents because I floated between both of my grandparents. I think me and my granddaddy had moments where I was his girl and he was my guy. 
And then I had moments where my grandma is my girl and she, and I was her girl. So, it, you know, I was a grandparent's baby and I wanted to be with my grandparents. I felt like that was better for me. I felt like that would be better for my future child. And, you know, I had a little bit more leeway over there, but more so it was love, you know, not to say that I didn't have love at my mom's house, but it was hard to feel it because it was so much tension. So although I knew she loved me, I didn't feel that when I was getting some of the abuse that I was getting. Although I knew my brother loved me, I didn't feel that when I always had to be separated from him, you know, or she would try to um, get us to do things separately because we were siblings. We did a lot of things together. But, you know, when we had to separate, it was it was hard for us, you know. So he went to different schools some of the time um, from me. So I was at school sometimes by myself, and he was too. Uh, so with that, I wanted to be with my grandparents because I knew it was consistent love across the board. And so I did. I moved over there with my grandparents, and I went to school my junior year. Now, I was a junior at Notre Dame High School for Girls and I I had a scholarship to go there so I was a pretty smart cookie I, I will say that I had a scholarship to go there and it was a Catholic high school so because it was Catholic there were a lot of things that a regular public school would just be like oh, okay whatever and me being pregnant was one of them had I been pregnant probably at Crane or or anything like that, they, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. Expulsion would have never even been on the board. But because I was at a Catholic high school, it, it was something that was a question. So they decided to allow me to come for a little while to, until they went before the board and the archdiocese to see if, this was something that they could do because this was not something that happened often. By it being a Catholic high school, it's honestly against their religion to be pregnant um, before marriage. And excuse me for those who on the visual, I have to scratch my nose. But at any rate, um, yes, I did. I was then expelled after they went before the archdiocese because it was against their religion. So I then had to go to another high school. So my junior year of high school, um, school had just started in August. I was transferring in what? October? So it was a very quick transition. So my mom decided to take me to a school that was way out in Aurora and it was called Moose Heart. It was a boarding school and they had just opened up a maternity home to help in a maternity program for girls who were teenage mothers. So of course y'all know I was totally against the idea. I was over it. I was like no, 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 no. However, in a black household, yo no means nothing. <laughs> So because my no meant nothing, my ass was there. So yes, I ended up going there and I hated it at first. I was like, oh no, these bitches getting on my nerves, da 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 da. And I say 
this so candidly because it was not easy getting to this place and making this adjustment. It wasn't easy. Um, but it is a big part of my life and it is a big part of who I am today and why I do what I do today. So it ended up being a blessing in disguise. And even though I don't think my mom knew how much of a blessing it was or me even seeing that, um, it was, it ended up being actually an awesome, awesome, awesome place to be. And I, I'm glad I went, but I did go and my first couple of weeks was rough. You know, I had only met one person, which was the girl I met at the open house. Her name was Darnisha, which is still my friend today. Um, and it was hard, you know, I made an adjustment because I was free to kind of do what I wanted to do more so at home. And now I was in this place where everything that you pretty much needed was either on that campus or if it wasn't on that campus, you had to drive to it. The campus was so far away out in the open that you couldn't, it, where were you going to go? So we, um... We just was like, okay, well, this is what life is. So me and my son's dad were not together anymore. So it was kind of a hard transition from that too because I felt a little betrayed. Like, you got me pregnant, even though intentionally it wasn't something I don't think he was trying to do. But we were young. We was curious and doing stuff we weren't supposed to be doing. And I wish somebody would have gave me more knowledge on sex because I didn't know. You know, I was just told what he knew and he only knew what he was told. So imagine if he's 16, I'm 15, and a person telling him about sex is 18. We all three kids with different kiddy, just kid-ass experiences about sex. Kitty ass, like just nothing. So it was a blind leading the blind leading the blinder. We was all blind. So at any rate, after that, you know, I just said, okay, well, we're not together no more. And but we do have this kid, and neither one of us knew what we were gonna do. So I was at Moose Heart, you know, just continuing getting my education. And I was doing good. Like, academically, I had no issues. Behavior-wise, I was irritated with everybody. And I already had an attitude. I was already feeling myself. And then when you add pregnant in the mix, it ain't easy, y'all. I promise. It's not. You 15, you don't know what you're going to do. Like, you finna have this kid. And then, you know, I have issues with my mom because we don't get along. I had a lot of emotions going on and I had nobody to talk to. I felt so alone. I felt so depressed. At 15, I didn't know I was depressed because I didn't know the severity and how deep depression went and what it was even to be identified as. But being an adult now and having um, mental health as a specialty under my belt as well as maternity and pediatrics, I was depressed. I had a lot of emotions going on. I felt neglected. You know, the, the at this time, I needed somebody. You know, I needed 
for somebody to tell me it was okay. And because my mom, sorry y'all, it's a little fly in here. But um, because my mom was my primary caretaker and my guardian, what she said went. So my cry for help, you know, I came from being at home and being abused and then going to school away at school with nobody no brother no mom no dad you know no friends i don't know these people i'm i'm pregnant why do i want to get new friends you know i had just met one of my cousins going to school so it was a lot for me you know my best friend was my little brother and he was one of the reasons i kept my son you know, he was like, man, you know, you, you'll be okay. You're going to be all right. And to come from moving around so much in life and then to be sent away, it was hard. I just remember feeling like, you know, life can't be this bad. I, you know, I'm only 15. And so as time went on, you know, and me being pregnant, it wasn't a time where I didn't feel like, man, I wanted to go home. But I also knew that staying in that funk wasn't going to get me anywhere. Being upset about where I was and how the situation played out was not going to do anything for me. It wasn't going to work in my favor. So I needed to just go ahead and get acclimated with where I was at because that's where I was going to be. So I did. I got acclimated with where I was going to be. And things started to transition and get better for me. So there was one particular lady who, she was a mentor. And she was super, super, super nice to me. I loved her beyond measures. And she, she spoke to me in a different way. When I talked to her, it was like, talking to just I don't know like an angel almost she just made me feel so warm and welcome and made me know it was gonna be okay and she came and saw me every week she was my mentor and she did everything for me at that point any any concern I had anything I needed baby clothes doula classes anything she ensured that I went ahead and got it and so for that today I love her Love her, love her, love her. So furthermore, you know, after having now some support, things got easier. I started to develop friends. And, you know, having friends when you're pregnant is not easy because they give everybody the side. So it's one thing when you have a belly and they, you know, they give you the side eye. Okay. But then your friends start getting the side eye. So I have two friends who are still my buddies since today. Um, two of my best friends. We are like family. Um, they're my high school best friends. And when I say they gave me hope and pushed me to get through high school and I was going to do this thing, they were it. I don't know what they was giving them up there at Moose Heart, but whatever it was, they was giving it to me, and it was positive. It was positive, whatever energy, whatever, it was positive. 
So, um, Yukondra and Darnisha are my girls. And we were all in some classes together and then some classes we weren't. So, with that being said, sometimes it was easy for us to be like, okay, girl, da 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 And then sometimes it was hard. But there was a particular time that I think they both remember, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be funny if anybody else from my math class can remember this. We had a test. I was about 36 weeks pregnant, so I was close to delivery. I was not dilated yet, so, you know, it was really no concern. I wasn't real huge. I had only gained maybe 14 pounds through the whole pregnancy, so I didn't gain a whole lot. And we had a math test. And the math test was on um, algebra. And anybody that know me know I'm a math whiz. I love money. So for me, I like to shop. And in order to shop, you need money. In order to have money and keep up with your money, you got to know how to count. And I knew how to count in every way possible. Algebra, geometry, whatever you laid in front of me. If you taught me how to do it, I could do it. I was a dog in math. Still is. I could still I, I still got a lot of stuff off the dome. Little shit I'm rusty on, but for the most part, math, I could probably still dust anybody off on the math side. So at any rate, <laughs> I say that so much, at any rate. I'ma give me a shirt that say at any rate. And what's crazy is I got it from my grandfather. <laughs> that was a sidebar, but um we had a math test. And so it was so much commotion about, you know, you know, how we were going to pass. A lot of people were still trying to figure it out. It was just a lot. You know, when you're at high school, high school math becomes challenging. And then, you know, those are the scores that people look at. So I was like, okay. So I went in. I had Braxton Hicks contractions. Braxton Hicks contractions. Let me say that right. So I couldn't take my test. They rushed me to the hospital because they thought I was in labor. My baby was doing all type of flips and all type of craziness. So I, I couldn't do nothing. Everybody had taken the test. So I got back to school. School wasn't over. I was only in the emergency room maybe about an hour. They sent me back home. I was fine. They took me back to school. Went back to school and took the test. Now my math teacher, she don't play. When she was grading papers, she was grading papers. That was it. Like, if we had a test, we knew what we had either by the end of that period or the very next class. Like, it wasn't no waiting. Next day came, and she gave everybody their test back. Nobody passed but me. <laughs> she went in on the whole class, and I think both between both of her math classes, nobody passed but me. So at that point, she went off. Only person passed was the pregnant girl. She went to the hospital and, you know, went on and on and on. So at that point, people was like, Mike, could you teach me how to, could you, could you, could you? So of course, my best friend, I was like, I got to make sure my girl, you know, get up out this class because she was like straight up embarrassing them. But anyway, that was a funny story um, just to kind of lighten up the mood as to how serious, you know, my teen pregnancy was. Although it was a 
time in my life where I was kind of like scared and lost. It was a time in my life where I can now see where I went wrong, the mistakes I made, how I handled things, and I now have clarity on why I am the way I am. You know, at 15, I had to be now protective of myself and know that now I was having to be protective of a child. I was now responsible for another human. And although, no, he wasn't born yet, what you do while they're in the womb matters too. You know, I could have been like, oh, I'm only 15. I'm not taking them horse pills. You know, pre prenatal pills ain't cool. They ain't like, they ain't fruit snacks. They nasty. Even the gummies are disgusting. And they stink. You know, having these different cravings, not knowing why you feel the way you feel. Morning sickness. You know, I didn't have a lot of it. But I struggled with it. You know, I had it for a little while. And getting accustomed to swallowing them big ass pills. Them pills was no joke. And, um, you know, I went to a doctor where they didn't believe in all that gummy shit. Nah, you taking a real deal. So, it was hard. It was a struggle for me. And I, I didn't like how I felt emotionally. But it was a genuine feeling for me. Um... I struggled with how I was going to, you know, continue to date. If I was going to continue to date, if I was going to continue to have friends, you know, any of those things, all of that made a difference into where I was. I'm a little relaxed, y'all, so forgive me if in the visual I'm like, relax, relax. But yeah, it was, it was a lot for me. So at that point, you know, I had to get myself at a place where I did get comfortable with my situation because it wasn't easy I was not comfortable that I was 15 and pregnant and then to know now I had this baby you know people look at you a different way and then I became judged I was told multiple times that I was going to be a statistic that I was not going to be you know the, what or what the statistic was for a teen mom you know, I was told I was going to always live off welfare and that I would, you know, probably never own anything, probably have a mediocre job, nothing. But I surpassed all that shit. I'm here to tell you, I surpassed all that shit. And as candid as I am right now, I did. Because it was, it's so messed up. I had family who felt like that about me. That I wasn't going to be, no, no, that they didn't believe in me. They didn't decide to say, Marla, how can we help? Or Maya, what is it that you need? They spoke against me. They spoke down on me and, and, and judged, judged. And the woman I am today, they can't touch her. Nobody. They can't touch her. You can't because I'm I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm okay with my story. And I want to use my story to help someone else. So me being 15 and pregnant was an emotional roller coaster. But it needed to happen for me to be who I am. You know, it needed to happen. And I'm, I'm okay with that. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to remind everybody the question. What are my three biggest mistakes in this situation and what did I learn from them?
being 15 and pregnant, the three biggest mistakes, I think, number one was listening to other people. Number two, allowing what other people thought of me affect me. And number three, um, not being able to acknowledge when I wasn't protecting my peace. And at 15, I don't know that I would have known those things at the capacity that I know them now. But it definitely is something that I definitely feel like it was a mistake no matter what age I was or what the situation was. Being 15 and pregnant and knowing the effects of stress and how they affect the mother and the baby, I should have protected my peace a lot more. I let a lot of things rattle me that I shouldn't have. And that goes along with allowing what people thought of me affect me. I did. And that had me in an emotional place for a long time, you know. And at 15, like I said, there is no way that I could have known these things at that capacity but even being around people who instilled in me that it was okay, you know, not being around people who were judging me, who didn't mean me well, who didn't wish me well, who hell, even if you didn't agree with the situation or like the situation, prayed, prayed and said, you know, what well, God, whatever your will is for her life, let it be done. And then stepped away from it. You didn't have to speak against it or for it. You didn't have to speak on it at all. But I had people who did that. So that in itself was one thing that I definitely. And then acknowledging that my story is my story. You know, who I was was who I was. And it was just me. You either could take it or leave it. You know, and that, uh, still, that goes back to what I said, being surrounded by those people. So I guess that would be the top one, being surrounded or being able to be surrounded by people who were positive influences on me, excuse me, and my son or would be for my son, you know, when he would be getting there. Because that's important, who you have around your children what who you have pray over your children who you have pray over you who you have in your area in your vicinity the aura the energy all of that is a big thing when raising kids just life is big and who you surround yourself with and what you have around you is big on who you are and how you are so those three things definitely would be the three biggest mistakes and what i've learned from it is that when you protect your peace, you protect your energy. You protect what's around you. And, of course, being confident in myself, knowing that my story is my story, own it, and be okay with it, and then move forward and say, how can I do this? Or how can I show that my story can influence somebody else? And not giving a flying fuck what nobody say. I'm sorry, but I don't. I don't care no more. I stopped caring a long time ago and I learned to stop caring for a reason because if I cared about everything someone said about me or how someone felt about me, I'd be rich as hell if I had a dollar, but I'd be heartbroken 
if I had a tip because people are going to say whatever they're going to say and that's okay. You don't have to agree. You don't have to like it. You don't have to love it. It's just all about how you do it. They didn't have to like I was pregnant. I didn't like I was pregnant. So I definitely didn't need anybody else to ensure or to let me know how much they didn't like that I was pregnant or make me feel a certain way. I didn't like it. And it wasn't anything that I could really do about it at that point besides either embrace it, get rid of it. That was it. Either get rid of the situation itself, which would be to get an abortion. We clearly know I didn't do that. Or to embrace it, which is what I did. And I am a successful woman today. I stand on that. I pride myself on that. I am a successful woman today. A successful black young woman today. And I'm okay with that. So we are wrapping it up, y'all. I'm getting ready to go upstairs and go get me something to eat because I'm hungry. But, of course, we will be back here every Tuesday, um, 7 p.m. And we will be back here again for Memoirs and Some, the podcast. Again, I am your host, Maya Dominique. And remember, guys, your life is a memoir. How people remember you is up to you. See y'all later.